Hi, I'm Christine Blanchett, and welcome to my Run With It podcast, where I interview runners, people are following a healthy lifestyle, to celebrities, to people who are making a difference in the world. I also have a Run With It show. It's a running fitness and health program. You can catch the show on runwithit.ca, and thank you for listening. Joining me is Dr. Lucas McMillan. He's a naturopathic physician, and he's the clinic director of Delbrook Integrative Medical Center, and he's here today to talk about allergies. Um, I'm a runner, and I'm really curious to know about, you know, allergies, people who suffer with allergies, and also about supplements, um, supplements that we could use for vitamin D, vitamin C, and and the expert is Dr. Lucas McMillan, and he's, he's back on the show, and welcome back, Dr. McMillan. Yes, hello, Christine. Yeah, I'm looking forward to having a talk on this topic. It's very timely with this great weather we've been having. I think a lot of people are spending some time outdoors, which is a beautiful thing. Hopefully, we can offer some tips to make it a little bit easier for them, a little bit smoother with less, less symptoms, less sniffles. Yeah, so like I said at the very beginning, I'm a runner, <laughs> and I have not just seasonal allergies, allergies every, like throughout the year, and uh, just to share with our listeners, you know, I take Flonase. Uh, so the question is, like, what are, what can we do um, for those active uh, can help cope with allergies? Yeah, so probably the first step is to see what is causing them. So to give an example, if, if we're, say, out and we notice that our allergies are very seasonal, it happens when the trees and the greenery changes, uh, the allergy might be pollen. And if we're aware of exactly what that allergy is, it's a little bit easier to know when to expect it, to know how aggressively to treat it. And it, it really adds a lot of context to the treatment approach. So I have a number of people that have allergies throughout the year, and sometimes the best thing we can do is to get a basic allergy test to see what exactly it is that they're allergic to. Because sometimes we know we're allergic to pollen, or we know we know that we're allergic to, say, animal dander. We know that you know our fluffy dog, as amazing as he is, might cause us to be a little bit itchy or might cause our nose to run. So it, it's good to get that information to quantify it so we actually know that that's what's happening. But sometimes there's other contributors. Um, one, one that I think a lot of people don't think of can be as simple as dust mites. Mm. So dust mites are a little thing that, um, I, without giving too much information because it's a strange thought, but it is a buildup on our bed mattresses that happens over time that we can basically guarantee is there. And we can be allergic to it. It can cause a low-level allergy. Or, or in some people, a quite striking or quite real quite noticeable allergy symptom that compounds with any other allergies that they have. So if we did those tests and found that dust mites were the problem, it would lead to a potentially very different treatment than the treatment of somebody who, say, goes for runs, and the only time that they have symptoms is outdoor when they're running during, say, this time of year. Hmm. So, yeah, so indoor allergies is, is quite common then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I think that that's the complexity of the possible contributors is, is often overlooked. We, we feel like because we absolutely, absolutely know one trigger, we feel like that excludes all other triggers and that there's no possibility of being allergic to a bunch of things. But sometimes it's the case where we have a few things that 
are important to address at once. Or um, some of my personal favorites are we address a couple of the easy ones, sometimes what they include dust mites, and that decreases the intensity of allergies that the person has otherwise. There's a cumulative load effect that happens where the more of an allergen or the more of an irritant our body is exposed to, the more likely we are to be reactive and to actually show symptoms of allergy from other things. So sometimes we don't need to treat that pollen or we don't need to completely avoid the pollen. Sometimes we can treat other things and have the person be resistant enough or just basically not inflamed enough or not irritated enough that they can handle that pollen without having any issues. Mm-hmm. And then there's food allergies too. I mean, there's, there's, there's all this, that that's why the allergy test is so important. You get an idea of, of what you're allergic to. Yeah, exactly. We can define the problem. And so that's, that's step one. And the better we can define the problem, typically the better we can treat it. Mm. That's just a standard, you know, uh, treatment approach in any sort of medicine or healthcare. We, we try to define it really well. So a little, uh, I guess, misunderstanding on some parts of the testing that I'd love to talk about. Um, the standard environmental allergy test is something you'll commonly get from an allergist. Um, we have offered it before, so I know you can get it at various different clinic types. But it's basically a scratch test where they lightly scratch the skin. And with each scratch, they'll say apply pollen or animal dander or uh, there's, there's a million things that can be applied to the skin to actually see how the reaction is. You wait for about 20 minutes, and after that 20 minute period, we see what is turned red and what is showing a histamine type of response. So you get react results immediately. Right away, you know what you're reacting to. In some cases, you get a bit of a sense of how intensely you're reacting to it, which can also be useful. Mm-hmm. And you leave with that information. So it's quite different than, say, some of the food testing that we might do where we do a blood test and we directly test the number of antibodies you have against different food particles. So against wheat or against pineapples or against you know, different products. But it, it can be almost anything. I've seen people react to almonds or brewer's yeast found in wines and beers. Um, so there's quite a range of possibilities. And one option is to identify it as clearly as possible so that we know exactly what is triggering the system and we can systematically eliminate or decrease exposure to whatever it is that's causing our symptoms. Mm-hmm. And then as we age, too, we look at the age, like sometimes, okay, you don't have an allergy until you're like in your 30s. And it's just, it just happens, right? It's just because um, different types of foods we're eating now or, or the environment. Um. Yeah, there's likely a lot of reasons, but truly, it's common for people to suddenly be allergic to something they weren't allergic to before. Mm. It's, it's a little bit, you know, it's it's never a fun realization when suddenly, you know, I was okay with this before, and now when I eat it, I get a rash. Yes. Or I was okay with this before, <laughs> but now when I go outside this time of year, I notice symptoms. And sometimes it's that other component I talked a little bit about where we're starting to fill up our, our, our buckets, where we're getting more exposures to either irritants or allergens. And our, our body's just a little bit more revved up or more likely to react. But we can have new allergies that happen over time. So... That's also very much a possibility. Um, to try to treat those, as, again, requires us to understand exactly what we're reacting to. We can take other approaches as well, um, like you brought up right off the bat. There's, there are some supplements that may help, um, depending on the intensity, depending on when it happens. Um, exposure control is probably the easiest thing we can do, but again, that becomes much easier when we know exactly what it is that's causing the symptoms. Mm-hmm. 
And it's like, like as a runner, um, what are some ways to, uh, you know, to deal with allergies, like um, run, like not at certain times, uh, maybe take a shower right after, um, you, uh, use sinus rinse, like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. There's, they're worth experimenting with. Um, mm -hmm. So the, the range you brought up is a really interesting one where depending uh, like the, the recommendations for the rinses, um, also known as many pots, or there's mm -hmm. a number of names for it, but basically it's usually some kind of water or a salt water solution. There's a, quite a bit you can put into that as, as options, but the recommendations are kind of all over the place as to whether it's a good idea or not. Some people recommend against it, but I've, I've personally seen a lot of people, a lot of my patients who've done well with it, others not so much. So I, I think it's worth experimenting and seeing if that helps. Um, that's probably not my personal, like, usual approach. Um, I, I am a fan of using nutrients where we can to try to strengthen the system or to try to create some type of adjustment. So there's a couple of interesting ones with this. Um, so we got to understand a little bit of what an allergy is and how that happens. So typically allergies, they involve a release of histamine that cause a very specific set of symptoms that are usually very classic to histamine. So Histamine is that classic um, outdoor runny nose, itchy eyes. Um, you can have a little bit of uh, itchiness or irritation around the face. That's probably the most common sort of hay fever symptom picture that is clearly caused by histamine. But really, anytime we see some redness, anytime there's inflammation, histamine is actually a part of that process as well. It's just, it's not an allergy. It's actually a different process in the body and it involves a lot more than just histamine happening. Mm. So we have some supplements that can directly target the histamine release in the body. So um, I've, I've seen some decent results from these. So um, one example is quercetin. So mm. quercetin is a, it's a natural bioflavonoid. So it's, it's a natural compound found in lots of fruits and vegetables and foods that helps to strengthen what's called mast cells, which decreases histamine release. So one of the biggest places your body stores and releases histamine is from what's called mast cells. And if mast cells essentially pop, the histamine that's within them comes out and causes that histamine reaction. So if that pops, you might see the itchiness, you might see the uh, redness or the runny nose. Um, so quercetin helps to stabilize that mast cell so it's less likely to pop. And I like that because it doesn't decrease our body's ability to make histamine or ability to use histamine. It just makes that mast cell a little bit less likely to explode. So we are a little bit less likely to have those symptoms. Mm. Uh, vitamin C is a weaker version of something that we can use that helps to think, uh, strengthen mast cells, so it helps to decrease that histamine response. Um, and I find if we put them together, just simple quercetin and vitamin C, uh, for some of my people, is really quite good, and it was enough to get some people off of their traditional antihistamines that they were taking before. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so, quercetin is one of those words a lot of people haven't heard of, but it's, I found it to be quite useful, and um, there's uh, quite a lot of people that come to our clinic that have seen benefits from quercetin, especially with vitamin D. And you don't need to suffer, yeah. you know, just go and get a test and 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 see where where you are and um do you think a stress can cause an allergy like if you're stressed <laughs> will it make you have hives like how like 
Um, yes. Uh, well, not everybody. Um, I should tell you that, but I've... So there's a condition called chronic urticaria, which mm. is just literally chronic hives. And I've had some patients that have this, where basically a number of triggers, which includes stress or lack of sleep, mm. and sometimes for no known reason at all, they'll break out in hives. Oh. So it absolutely does affect us. And we do know that chemically, we change from stress. Our body will release more things like cortisol, typically releases more adrenaline. Over time, it might release differing amounts. We might see less cortisol over time. There's a number of other um, hormones that change as well. And each of these can change how we feel, how we react to things, and our level of, say, inflammation or reactivity. So um, probably one of the easier ways to digest that is if we look at, say, skin rashes and eczema. It's really common when people have a skin rash or eczema. If we don't have another easy, simple way to treat it, it's common for a practitioner to give that person a type of corticosteroid that will decrease inflammation and decrease that skin rash. So that corticosteroid is a type of cortisol. It works like cortisol in the body. And if we really turn cortisol up, it turns inflammation down aggressively. It'll, it'll almost turn it right off. Mm. So our body's natural production of cortisol can go way up and can go way down. So it's important to put those together, in my opinion, to see that our body is naturally making this stuff. And it naturally has the ability to turn inflammation down or to turn it up where it's appropriate. So taking care of ourselves in a way that allows us to make the appropriate amount of cortisol, to make it at the right times of day, because that's quite important for it to be higher in the day so we can wake up and go about our day, you know, uh, smoothly and to be lower at night so it's not waking us up at night so we can actually find down. Mm -hmm. um, it's important that we have uh, that kind of rhythm in the body. And I usually find that a sleep patterning is one of the easiest ways to treat that and one of the easiest ways to ensure that the person's making the level of cortisol that is appropriate for them. Oh, wonderful information. And Dr. McMillan, anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, if you're having any concerns um, with your health or with your reactivity, usually a good idea to do a little bit of digging and see what information is out there. You're not alone. I mean, anybody who is experiencing, say, the seasonal allergies or an ongoing allergy, it's really common to see that. And I often see that with, say, sinus concerns. They're often related. Um, allergies and asthma, there's a lot of overlap between those two conditions. So there, there's definitely overlap there. Um, if you look into some of the information as to what's worked for other people, um, you can see qualified healthcare providers to get they, you know, to really dial that in, especially if they're open-minded and educated around actual ways to treat those things. Um, you can really make a difference, and I've seen a lot of people that don't realize they can really decrease some of the problems they have or some of the some of the difficulties with exercising, with going outside, or basically anything else the allergies are affecting. We can really make that easier on people. And sometimes it's as simple as a course in vitamin C. Sometimes it's as simple as getting it tested and realizing that my mattress might not be helping me, or what's attached to my mattress and dust mites might not be my friend, or maybe maybe my cat that otherwise is a very good and helpful cat for the rest <laughs> of my life. Maybe I don't want to be exposed to my cat or let her sleep in my room because mm. she's not helping me to breathe well in the morning, or she's not helping me to exercise and feel my best. So, yes. That information gathering is huge, and sometimes it really can be a, a simple fix. I mean, there's always cases where it isn't, but I 
so many people get better easily and I wish more people had access to that information and that experience and at least see that this really could be you. You could be a person that takes a big step forward with such a small amount of work. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's worth experimenting with and well, listening to podcasts such as this one or doing a little bit of exploration into what information options are out there. Yes, and Dr. McMillan, for more information, where can they go? Yes, uh, my personal website is probably the, the main sort of resource, uh, so drlucasmack.com. Uh, it's just basically my name. It's a personal website that talks a little bit about where I work, some of the articles I've written, some of the information I've put out there. I'm hoping to continue updating that because people deserve and need to have a, an information resource that's available. So just nice free easily available sources from somebody who actually sees patients and can can help with some of these concerns so that's probably the main one um i I would certainly certainly recommend um taking time to to listen where you can i mean audiobooks and podcasts can really be quite informative to set a background of information to ask better questions from practitioners or just to see how far you can get i mean I, i really believe in the information needs we do better with more, um, that little bit of exposure can really help us to take the next step toward our health. Yes, and I want to thank you very much for always um, being so, you know, information, uh, sharing your information and your expertise, Dr. McMillan, and and I'd love for you to come back. So thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. I absolutely appreciate the opportunity to get some of the information out so we can actually try to help people and Help everyone actually go out and enjoy the sunshine instead of dreading it and dreading the itchiness that comes with it. Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much, Dr. McMillan. Thanks, Christine. Thanks for listening. This is Christine Blanchette, and you are listening to the Run With It podcast. And I have a show called Run With It. For sponsorship opportunities, just go to my website at runwithit.ca. And thanks for listening. See you next time.